so great to be with you, and this is part two of Unshakable Freedom, and I'm going to do a quick review with you, but before we do, uh, I want you to put your hand over your heart. Let's make our declarations together, and if you're new with us, and hopefully you guys are sharing this, in fact, share it right now as you're standing up uh, in your watch party, as you're standing up in your home with your families gathered around, let's stand up, let's make our declarations together. This declaration is based on a word that God has given us for 2020, so let's say it like we mean it. I declare that I'm created in the image of God. I'm blessed to be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and take dominion. I declare that 2020 is my year of transformation. Things are not just going to change for the better, but 2020 will be my best year ever. Come on, say that again. 2020 will be my best year ever. I declare 2020 is double, double for me. Double blessing, double anointing, a double portion of good things in every area of my life. I declare that according to Psalm 65, 11, that God is crowning my year with goodness and my paths will drip with abundance. I declare that as I am taught the word of God and apply it, that I am wonderfully well and blessed and highly favored of the Lord. Come on, put a big hand clap on that. God, thank you for your word to us. You may be seated wherever you are and Again, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for being a part of our church, those of you that are part of our tribe here at Elevate Life Church. And man, one of the easiest things we can do uh, is to share. And so would you please do that right now? Would you please share this with everybody that you're on Facebook with? Share, 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 share. Invite people to your watch party right now. Just take action. It's one of the easiest ways to invite people to church no matter where they are or what they're doing. And uh, so please, please do that. Well, I'm wearing a new shirt. This is our shirt for homecoming, y'all. Come on, homecoming 2020. We're coming back to church the weekend of August 2nd. I want you to get geared up for it. I want you to invite people to come. We're gonna gather together once again, and we're so excited about that. I know like you, I'm praying for our nation. I'm praying that people will know the truth and the truth will set them free. I'm praying that God will reveal his kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I'm praying according to 2 Chronicles 7, 14, that says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sins. I will heal their land. God, I pray for our president. I pray for our government. God, I pray for our cities. Lord, I pray for the United States of America to be united like never before. God, I say according to the word of the Lord in the book of Jude, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. And in the name of Jesus, let freedom ring like never before in not just America, but around the world. And God, use us to do it. Use your people, your sons and your daughters. And God, as we become free, help us to become disciples to help other people to become free. Well, what God's put on my heart um, in this unshakable series is 
The Bible says that all that can be shaken will be shaken, and only that which is of God will remain. God says, I'm going to speak again from heaven, and the things on earth that can be shaken will be shaken. And God is looking for us to be people who are unshakable in the midst of a massive shaking that's going on in our world. No matter what kind of prophecies you hear or what you see or the doom and gloom or the news, depending on the news format that you watch, the talking heads, the people that are just the naysayers and negative people in the world, we stand on the word of the living God. Amen? And we stand on the word that God has given us for our church. This is our year of transformation. This is our year for double-double. It's July, y'all, and things are turning in our favor like never before in Jesus' name. I just speak good things over your life. Well, as a part of, uh, of this unshakable freedom, uh, I want you to know that one of the privileges that I have is not just to be the founding pastor and spiritual father of Elevate Life Church, this tribe that God called us to establish over 20 years ago in January on my 40th birthday, January 9th of 2000. Here we are 20 years later. Um, but also, I have the privilege of coaching people through masterminds and personal coaching and uh, just helping people to really reach their full God-given potential with a biblical worldview. And I believe that God's called me to be a loving leader, mentor, motivator, coach of biblical success to help people to do just that, to not only discover, develop, and deploy their 1% in the earth, but also to understand that they are carriers, capacitors, if you will, of the glory of God. And Jesus, in his prayer, longest prayer that, ever, that was ever recorded that we've talked about, many, many times, and is the premise for my book, Your Divine Fingerprint, in John 17, where Jesus said five different times, Lord, make them one, even as we are one, so that the world will know that you sent me. In verse 22 is one of my favorite verses in the Bible, because Jesus is talking very intimately to God, his Father, our Father, and he says this, he says, Father, you've given me your glory, now I give it to them. You have the glory of God in you. And the devil has done everything he can from even before you were thought in your mom and dad's mind to keep the glory of God from being discovered, developed, and deployed in and through your life. And so one of the things that has to happen for that to happen is you have to experience a freedom that only comes through Christ. And so one of the opportunities that I have in coaching people and mentoring people and helping people to reach their full God-given potential, helping them to discover, develop, and deploy their unique 1%, evidenced by a fingerprint that nobody else has to leave an imprint that nobody else can leave, is to really challenge uh, them to understand what is it that you want more than anything else? In fact, if I were to ask you that question today, what do you want more than anything else in your life? Just think about that for a minute. You want a bigger house? Really? Do you want a nicer car? You want more money? You want to meet the right person? You want to have a great family? You want to have a great job? No, really, what is it that you want more than anything else? 
And part of what I do is help people dial that down to really get to the root of what it is they really want and what it is that drives them in their family, drives them in their career, drives them financially. You know what it is in one word? It's freedom. You may not realize this, but there is a desire that God put on the inside of you for freedom. There's a desire on the inside of you that that only Jesus can not only fulfill, but can awaken and give you the gift of freedom so that you can be free to be everything that God's created you to be. What do you want more than anything else? I can tell you, I want freedom. I want the freedom to do what I want to do, when I want to do it, with who I want to do it, have the money to do it. I want to not just be financially independent. I want to be financially free. I don't just want to be out of debt. I want to be financially free. In other words, at the root of all of us is this desire for freedom. With that said, that's what I want to address today. I said last week that the week before last, my son Josh, Pastor Josh, asked a very provocative question that is a theoretical question unless you really mind your own heart and soul to answer the question. And the question that he asked was, what does love require of me? And I'm just telling you, I don't know if it's me being a parent, but more than that, it's Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, after his way of doing things, and they'll be filled. By the way, what are you hungry and thirsty for today? You hungry and thirsty for your way? Are you hungry and thirsty for justice? Are you hungry and thirsty? In other words, what are you hungry and thirsty for? Because blessed, happy, joyful, fortunate are those who hunger and thirst for God's way of doing things. That's what they'll be full of. And by the way, whatever you're full of is what you'll be led by. So, so Josh asked this question, what does love require of me? And it's such a, a provocative question, but as his father and as a man of God and as somebody who hungers and thirsts after righteousness, I've, I've been striving to answer that question. And in fact, I'm going to answer that specific question next week. We're going to answer the love question next week. Um, and I'm going to talk about unshakable kingdom next week. And I'm going to talk about how the kingdom of God is not governed by a democracy. It's not governed by a monarchy. It's governed by a loveocracy. And we're going to talk about that. And again, that's next week. And we're going to talk about what does love actually require of me? But before that, I asked this question last week. I said, are you free to love? Are you free enough to love? Because the reason there's not more love in the world is because there's not more freedom in the world. People are not free on the inside to do what is the most important thing to God. There was an attorney that came to Jesus, a lawyer, and he said, hey, Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus said, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your heart. He didn't say to love God, to love other people. No, to love the Lord your God with all your heart. Do you realize how free you have to be to love God with all of your heart? With all of your soul, with all of your mind, with all of your strength, and then love your neighbor as you love yourself. And then later on, Jesus would say, you know what? You're not 
You're not loving your neighbor really like you're loving yourself very well, so why don't you just love your neighbor as I've loved you? Let's find that interesting. So he said, these, these two commandments, the whole law of the prophets rest on. The word of God working in your life rests on your ability to love the Lord your God with all your heart. Say all your heart. All your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength, and love your neighbor all the way too. But we're not free to do that. So that's why I asked the question last week. Because a lot of people don't realize that it's not about you just being a great lover. It's about you being free to be a great lover. You see, you got to be free to love God. you got to be free to love yourself. Why do people struggle with insecurity so much? Because they don't love themselves. If you struggle with insecurity in loving yourself and feeling like people love you, how are you going to love other people? So again, it's a freedom issue. It has nothing to do with a love issue. Everybody wants to love and everybody wants to be loved. It's almost as important as eating food. In fact, emotionally, it's as important. I mean, the basic needs that you have, you need food to survive, you need water. You can go about, you know, 40 days without food or more maybe. You can only go about three or four or five days maybe without water. You need sleep, right? But emotionally, the greatest emotional need you have is not to be loved, but is to love and therefore be loved. We don't talk talk about it. We don't think about it. Why do you think the devil doesn't want you to be free? It's not just about being free from sin. It's not just about, you know, being free from the curse of the law. It's not just about being free from, you know all the things that could keep me free. No, you know what it's about? It's about being free to love. Man, the devil attacks us early with that. He wants to mess up your, your, your LQ, your love quotient. He wants to mess up your ability to love so he can mess up your ability to be loved. Because what you sow is what you reap. So again, back to this question we asked last week, are you, are, are you free to love? Are, are you, not, not do you have free love? <laughs> yeah, that was the 60s, man. Free love, brother. Hey, brother, free love, man. Love, 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 peace, and black light posters. Some of y'all don't remember all that, but I, I lived in that. We had black light posters on my wall, peace signs. and Love, free, let's be free, man. Let's love, let's just do whatever we want. That's not what being free is. That's man's interpretation of that. I don't really need to get married. Just free love, man. It's just free love. Love ain't free. You see, there always has been, there is, and there always will be a demonic assault against your freedom. And here's the number one reason why. Because the devil doesn't want you to feel the love of God, and he doesn't want you to be able to give the love of God and make other people feel loved. There's so much hate in our world right now, so much hate. And I'm telling you, Christians justify their hate, depending on what side of the political spectrum you're on. They justify hating on somebody. They justify judging somebody. They justify criticizing somebody. They justify, you, you can't justify it. You're without excuse. If you're a believer, you're without excuse. 
you, you don't have the privilege to be negative about the president of the United States. No matter who, no matter if it's, you know, no matter if it's somebody you agree with or not. You, you, but, but people are just, they're just, they're just, they're thinking, well, no, I have rights and I have, and I'm just telling you, you're not free. The kind of freedom that Jesus wants to give you is a freedom from that, a freedom from judging other people and giving people mercy. That's where, the only way you can give people mercy is if you love them. And if you see them the way God sees them, not the way you see them or the way you judge them. So again, you have to understand the devil is behind all the division that you see. Because it's not about just dividing us, it's about keeping us from being free so that love is the greatest thing that God says that we can do, that we can give, and that we can receive. More than any money you'll ever receive. What does it profit? The Bible says, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? What will you give in exchange for your soul? Would you rather have a bunch of money? I'm talking about, just think about all the money in the world, but nobody love you. You know what people who have a lot of money have to struggle with? Why does somebody want to be with me? Do they want to be with me because of what my money can do? See, if you don't have money, you don't know this. But people that have money, that's one of the biggest deals they struggle with. Because it's like, oh, you know, this person is very transactional. It's not transformational. So it's like, so I'm going to ask you the question. If you give all the money in the world, but nobody to love and nobody to be loved by, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and he loses his own soul? I mean, what you need is love. The Beatles did get that right. All you need is love. Hey, they got that right. So if you're going to have unshakable freedom in every area of your life, I want to do a quick synopsis, and I want to get to what I'm talking about today. You have to stand firm in your, your supernatural heritage. We read a scripture out of Galatians 5, verse 1. It was for this freedom that Christ set us free. For what freedom? The freedom for us not to be governed by the natural. Go back to Galatians 4.31. Not to be governed by the natural, but to be governed by the supernatural. To understand that my heritage is not in my craft name. My heritage is not in being an American. My heritage is not in being Caucasian. My heritage is not in any kind of box anybody can put me in. My heritage is a spiritual heritage. It's for this freedom that Christ has made us free, completely liberating us. Therefore, stand firm and do not be subject to the yoke of slavery. Do not be subject or be harnessed by the slavery of other people. In other words, don't have a slavery mindset or mentality because of what happened in the past. You've got to stand firm in your supernatural heritage. The Bible says in the New Living Translation, for Christ has truly set us free. Somebody put an amen on that. Now make sure that you stay free. Stay free. Don't get tied up again to the slavery of the law or man's rules or man's regulations or what man does or doesn't do. I believe we live in the greatest country in the world. There's a lot wrong in this country, but if you get on the wrong side and you get focused on all the injustices and all the inequities and all the inequalities and all that's wrong in America, let me just tell you something. You're going to be a miserable person. And you can fight for justice. You can do whatever you want to do. But until you get free on the inside, you see, that's where freedom comes first. Freedom needs to happen on the inside of people. You can't legislate freedom. 
Now you can, you know, you can legislate justice and you can legislate, legislate but, but listen, freedom starts on the inside of people. So again, if we're gonna have unshakable freedom, stand firm, not in your last name, not in your ethnicity, not in your nationality, but stand firm in your spiritual heritage as a son or daughter of the Most High God. Somebody put an amen on that. The second thing is do not be deceived by the God of this age. We talked a little bit about this last week. The Bible says that the gospel, if the gospel is veiled, it's veiled by those who are perishing whose minds the God of this age has blinded. I'm just telling you, there's a whole lot of blindness going on right now. It's like, it's like if, you ever, if you ever had a, like a big problem, let me, let me dial it in. Have you ever had a big problem in your marriage? If you've got a big problem in your marriage, if you've got a big problem in your life, does it kind of like make you myopic? Does it make you like blind to everything else because you're so focused on the problem? You know what's amazing about problems is you can make mountains out of molehills because you just keep focusing on the problem. You keep focusing on not the solution. You keep focusing on what the problem is. I feel like I got to talk about the problem. I feel like we got to have conversations about the problem. And you keep focusing on the problem and therefore you never, never get to a solution. So what if in my marriage, my wife and I were having this, having this problem in our marriage and I felt like I was right and she was wrong. And so I said to her, hey, uh, Sheila, Pastor Precious, I'd like you and I to have a conversation, but I just need you to sit down and shut up. You just need to listen. How do you think that would go? Oh, those of you that are married, just think about it for a minute. You, you just need to shut up and you need to listen to what my problem is because my problem's worse than your problem. I'm going to tell you something. We'd get divorced. We would be divided and it would not work. You know why? Because the conversation has to be two ways. A conversation, there has to be openness. It's not, hey, you shut, you shut up, you sit down, you listen, and let us tell you about our problem and now have some empathy for my issue and for my problem. Now, let me just say something. If you want to have a conversation, let's have a conversation in our marriage about what we see the problem is and let's do what's, what I give Stephen Covey credit for, but it's really based on the Word of God. He says, seek to understand before you seek to be understood. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Wow, there's that all your heart thing again. And do not lean to your own understanding what is under your standing in your past. But in all your ways, acknowledge him and then you will be free for him to direct your path. Somebody put an amen on that. So we have to understand there is a God of this age. His name is Satan. I'm calling him out. He is Beelzebub. He is the Lord of dung. He's the Lord of the crud. He's the Lord of, we could say worse words than that because that's what he is. He is the father of all lies. He is the sower of discord among the brethren. And before you were in your mother's womb, no matter what your ethnicity is, the devil's been trying to bring division in your house. The devil's been trying to bring division in society. The devil's been trying to bring division everywhere he goes. That's the way the devil works. That's why I'm calling it out. That's what it is. Anytime there's division, it's because the devil wants God's vision for your life to die. He wants there to be division. He doesn't want it to work. So the God of this age, if you're going to have unshakable freedom, 
You, you cannot be deceived by the God of this age. Let's pray that right now. Just say, God, help me not to be deceived by what I see on television, by what government people are saying, by politics. Help me not be deceived by my perception of the past. Help me not be deceived by what I think. Help me have the mind of Christ. Come on, y'all. Help me have the mind of Christ. Help me to understand that I'm a part of something greater than the United States of America. I'm a part of the kingdom of God. Help, help me to understand that I live in a world that's full of darkness, and God has called me to be a light in the world, and that light shining in the darkness, but the darkness comprehended it not, but to as many as received him, according to John 1, 12, he gave them the power to become the sons of God, even everyone that calls upon the name of the Lord. Guess what? We're to be lights in this dark world. We're to be people that, yes, stand for justice, stand for equality, stand for the word of God, stand for the kingdom of God. Seek first, though, the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his way of doing things, and then all these other things you're concerned about to be added unto you. Do not be, de be deceived by Satan and do not listen to talking heads and pundits who do not serve the living God and are talking way outside the kingdom of God according to their own agenda. Woo! God help us not to be deceived. So how do you get free enough to love so that you can know and do what love requires of you? Back to my son's question two weeks ago. What does love require of you? Let's get free first. I want to read you a scripture, Galatians 5. Notice it is I, Paul, who tells you if you receive circumcision as a supposed requirement of salvation, Christ will be of no benefit for you, for you will lack the faith in Christ that is necessary for salvation. So again, in the context of Galatians 5, listen, they were going back and forth about the importance of circumcision or not being circumcised, according to the law, according to what people's mindsets are. So forget about circumcision. It's like, here's what's right, here's what's wrong, based on what I think. And he says, you're making Christ of no benefit to you. You're making the freedom that Christ has provided for you of no benefit for you because you're focused on, on man's way of doing things. Once more, I solemnly affirm to every man who receives circumcision as a supposed requirement of salvation, that he's under obligation required to keep the whole law. You've been severed from Christ if you seek to be justified. That is declared free of the guilt and sin and its penalty and placed in right standing with God through the law. In other words, if you're, if you're doing things and you're thinking like man thinks, guess what? You're severing yourself from the freedom that Christ has given you. You have fallen from grace and you've lost your grasp on God's unmerited favor and blessing. Come on, let's get God's favor and blessing on our life. For we, not relying on the law or man's way of doing things or man's way of thinking, through the strength and power of the Holy Spirit by faith are waiting confidently for the hope of righteousness, God's way of doing things, so that the salvation, the sozo, the deliverance, the freedom from the inside out can be manifest in our life. For if we are in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uns uncircumcision means anything. Man's way of thinking doesn't mean anything measured against the kingdom of God. It's not just about a fixed mindset or a growth mindset, it's about a kingdom mindset. Don't worry, I'm gonna be preaching on that soon. We don't need just a fixed mindset, a white mindset, a black mindset, an American mindset, an English mindset, an a, a ethnic, ethnic mindset, a, a socioeconomic mindset. We don't even need just a growth mindset. We need a kingdom mindset. Somebody put an amen on that. That's my job is to point you to the kingdom.
For if we are in Christ, these things don't mean anything. But only, listen now, faith activated, say that, faith activated and expressed and working through love. How does faith work? It works through love. What is faith? Believing that God's way is better than yours. It works through love. It's expressed through love. So how do you get free enough to love so that you can do what love requires of you? Here's a couple of things and we're through. Number one, realize the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in you. <laughs> Romans 8, 11, the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Somebody put an amen on that. And just as God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, he will give you life in your mortal bodies so that that same spirit lives in you. What kind of spirit's living in you? Is it an anger spirit? Is it a resentment spirit? Is it I'm trying to get my, my own way type spirit? Or is it the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead that dwells in you? That's the freedom that Christ purchased for us. The same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead raises us up. You raise me up so I can stand on mountains. You raise me up. That's what Jesus does. He raises us up out of the miry clay. Sets our feet on a rock, David said. Puts a new song in our heart, even praise unto our God. He raises us up out of the mire of this earth and the minutia of man's mindsets. So realize that the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, how do you get free so you can be free enough to love other people? That the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. Here's the second thing. Deal with your spirit of fear. Wow. Wow. You know the scripture. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but a power and love and of a sound mind. I could go talk about that all day long, but let me just give you an acrostic for fear. You know it. False education appearing real. Deal with your fear. There is so much, not just misinformation today, there's so much false education today from the COVID stuff, which I had and now I'm free from, by the way. I didn't die, didn't go to the hospital. There are people, are people who, who are suffering from that? Yeah, but don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of it. So much misinformation, so much disinformation, so much, so much politicization. I can't even say the word. Do you know that the more cases that are reported in Texas of COVID, the more the federal government gives the state of Texas? And that's for every state, by the way. So when it's reported that a person has COVID in a state, they get federal funding for that. Hmm, wow. A lot of people don't know that part about the education, do they? So now they're saying if one person has COVID, then 15 people around them have it. And that's how they report. Hmm. I could go on and on. Listen, I'm not a conspiracist. It's just real, y'all. Educate yourself. Why do we have fear? Because of false education that appears real. There's all kinds of narratives that are being spun on CNN, whoever. Everybody has the narrative that they're spinning. If the narrative is not based on the word of God, it's not the truth. Come on, y'all. That's the bottom line. Deal with your spirit of fear. Romans 8, 14 through 16, New Living Translation. 
For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. Somebody put an amen on that. So you have not received a spirit of fear that makes you fearful slaves. Let's not be fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. Come on, y'all. You're God's child. You're God's child. Be led by the spirit of God. How are you going to be free enough to love other people? Again, first, realize that the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in you. Secondly, deal with your false education that appears real. I shared a story last week about my own family. Listen, I would have no relationship with my mother if, I, if the narrative was she was abusive. Listen, I've been free, free to do what? Love, accept, and forgive. I don't hold that against her. I don't hold what my mom or what my dad was or wasn't against them. They're my teachers. Sometimes the hardest things that you go through help you become the greatest person you could ever become. Greatness is born out of adversity. So don't allow false education to dictate the narrative in your life or anywhere else. Educate yourself. No matter what your daddy says, no matter what your mama says, no matter what your people say, no matter what your country says, Be led by the Spirit of God. Just say that. Say, Lord, lead me. And then here's the last thing. If you're going to be free enough to love other people, receive your inheritance and release your hurts. Come on, y'all. What does the Bible say? Romans 8, 17. And since we are his children. Oh, by the way, remember, same Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in us, lives through us. God hadn't given us a spirit of fear, but a power and love and a sound mind. Oh, let's not forget, the Spirit of God if we're led by God, we're his children. And because we're led by him, guess what? We received a spirit of adoption, not bondage to fear. And then since we're his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we're to share his glory, this is the tough one. We must share in his suffering. Wow. Mm. You're gonna suffer, y'all. Man, sometimes we're going to go through tough times. But if we're going to share in his glory, we're going to share in his suffering. You know why? Because as we suffer well, God gets the glory. I don't know what you're going through today, but I can tell you God loves you. He cares about you. He cares about your suffering. But watch this. Some suffering is unnecessary. Again, if because of what my parents weren't, if I focus on that, and if I blame my life on what my parents weren't, if I blame my career on my college coach that I shared about last week, not letting me play for four years and getting a chip on my shoulder to say I was unfairly treated, then I'm thinking every boss in my future might treat me unfairly. Do you know that in my first Seven jobs, I was fired. In fact, I think it was my first nine jobs. My first nine jobs, I was fired for a bunch of different reasons. 
Guess what? I've been a boss since I was 27. I've employed a lot of people, hundreds of people, now thousands through the years. What if I'd had a problem with all the bosses that fired me and then I had an ax to grind? I, I, I'm just trying to show you. It's like you're going to suffer, like things are going to happen. And either you're on the God side of life or you're on man's side of life. You're either on the kingdom mindset side of life or you're on the fixed mindset of life. You're either on the side of life that you don't realize it. Hey, I'm free. I have the spirit of God living in me. I mean, the Bible says this. The same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives on the inside of me. I don't have a spirit of fear, but of power and love of a sound mind. So I'm not going to let false education that appears real rule my mind or determine my narrative. Hey, guess what? If, 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 I've, if I am led by the Spirit of God, then I'm a child of God. If I'm a child of God, then I'm an heir of God, and I'm going to receive my inheritance, but I've got to release my hearts. As long as you hold on to hearts, you'll never have the inheritance that God has for you. I'm speaking to you as a father now, a spiritual father. Not asking to be your father, I just am a father. So you can hear the, a preacher preach, you can see a white man preach, you can see an American preach, whatever you want to say. Or you can say, hey, that's a father speaking to me, and maybe that's the father speaking to me. But the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in me. That God hasn't given me a spirit of fear, so why am I in fear? That if I'm led by the spirit of God, then wow, I've received a spirit of adoption. And if I've received a spirit of adoption, I'm a child of God. If I'm a child of God, I'm an heir of God. And he has great things for me. Why don't I just release my hearts, receive my inheritance? Would you say that with me? I release my hearts. I receive my inheritance. I release my hurts. I receive my inheritance. Father, I thank you for every person that's watching. I thank you, God, that you have a plan for them that's so vast and so great. Why? Because they're your sons and your daughters. God, help us just to not get focused on television and politics and what people say and people's narratives. And we are sons and daughters of the Most High God. We have an inheritance with our name on it. We are not, we haven't been given a spirit of fear, but of power to rise out of anything of love to conquer anything and of a sound mind to achieve anything that you put before us. We can do all things through Christ who is our strength. God, I thank you today that the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in us. Right now, if you're not right with God, you can get right with God. Right now, would you just open up your heart right now wherever you are and just say, God, I need you. Oh, God, I, I want you to be my father. Come on, just say that. I want to be your child, whether you're a son or a daughter. I want to be your son. I want to be your daughter. I don't want fear. I let my fears go. You've given me a spirit of power and love and of a sound mind. God, you have an inheritance for me, so I receive my inheritance now. And in the name of Jesus, I release my hurts. God, you're so good. God, you're so good. God, you're so good. You're so good to me. 
It's a real simple song. Sing it with me. God, you're so good. God, you're so good. God, you're so good. You're so good to me. You know why he's so good? Because the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us. You know why he's so good? For God so loved you that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus, that if you would believe, you'd receive him and you wouldn't perish, but have life everlasting. You know why God's so good? Because you don't have to live in a spirit of fear. You don't have to be insecure. I curse it in the name of Jesus. You know why God's so good? Because if you're led by him and not by the news, not by your mama, not by your daddy, not by your people, not by your nationality, if you're led by the spirit of God, then you are a child of God. And when you're a child of God, you know why God's so good? He's made you an heir and he has things from heaven that are just for you on earth, but you gotta release your hurt. Let it go. God, you're so good. God, you're so good. Say this with me, just everybody, just pray. Say, Lord, I give you my life. Forgive me for the mistakes I've made. I want your goodness in the midst of this bad world. And I want to be a representative of your goodness because your spirit lives in me. Help me to be a light that brings great love into a dark world that's filled with hate. Thank you for the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead that dwells in me. I am empowered in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, hey, I want you just to let us know if you made a new decision for Jesus, if this message encouraged you, would you just share it with somebody? And today I want to bless you out, uh, and I want to tell you, hey, August 2nd, we're coming home, y'all. So lift up your hands, and I want to just say this over you. The Lord bless you, and the Lord keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. May you know that if God is for you, who can be against you? If God is on your side, whom shall you fear? May you be like a tree that's planted by rivers of living water that your leaf will not wither. And in the name of Jesus in 2020, in the month of July, for, from now to the end of December in 2020, whatsoever you do in the name of Jesus, it shall prosper. I love you guys. <laughs>